This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Bar Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I want to give you a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Joe Slay Antonio, welcome to day number two. It's Portal Madness. It is a wave sweeping the country, unlike any other. It is absolutely wild. Make no mistake about it. It's wooly. It's crazy. It's insane. The basketball vols are back in action tonight. We, uh, in a few minutes, are going to get the lowdown on the Iowa Hawkeyes, a game Brian is extremely excited about. Brian, you're pretty pumped. You're pretty pumped to see Iowa, aren't you? Hang on a second here, Brian. Hang on a second here. You got to feel like a real somebody, Brian. You spoke this. Uh, you spoke this thing into existence, Brian. This kid from yeah. Connecticut. What are you feeling I, like uh, right now, man? You feeling pretty powerful? I like contrast and style. Speaking of Iowa, I like mm-hmm, the contrast mm-hmm, and styles mm-hmm. from one team offensive approach to another. Mm-hmm. And they did a Tony Valls thing. They went up to him and said, we want you right on the field. And you can do that. I mean, you can you can almost see when you bring a team like that in and they've got somebody who looks like they can play for you. You almost have to do. You have to. You're 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 not doing your job if you don't try to talk to them right then and there. Matt Dixon, how pumped are you for this transfer portal stuff? As Tennessee tries to rework its roster, you had a couple veteran players yesterday indicate that they are coming back, and uh, that's good news. If they if the Vols get John Campbell back, it would have mean three fifths of their offensive line. Unless I'm mistakenly counting, that that'd be a good thing, Matt Dixon. As I welcome you in, I think it's a huge thing. Um, get your left tackle and your and your center back with with Cooper Mays um, expected back. I, I think that's huge. Uh, with with your with Nico coming in, um, so I, I you know that and you know I, the portal is just kind of a crazy deal. Um, it's almost kind of like re- recruiting on steroids because it's instant impact guys and, and guys that are a little bit more proven. So, and there's just so many of them from you know every. It's just a whole crazy deal. Um, you're all you're always going to lose some guys, but you know, kind of at the end of the day, you want to gain more than you lose from the portal, and 
that's kind of where Tennessee, I think Tennessee's at right now. They yep. haven't really lost, a, you know, a whole lot of, of guys that they're not yet. They were expect, expecting to count on. So. Yeah, not not yet. But there's some poaching going on. So you kind of well, hold your breath. Yeah, you know, obviously. Yeah, you kind of hold your breath. Again, again, if people aren't poaching your roster, you're, you don't have a good roster. And that's the point. I mean, how would you like to be a South Carolina, Florida, or Vanderbilt fan today? They, the South Carolina and Vanderbilt are literally being picked apart like two carcasses on the side of the road. I mean, where's the road you kill, know, Bill, when you need it? You speak of Vanderbilt. Looking at that Vanderbilt team, they just didn't look like they had anybody that you'd want to pick off except maybe that one receiver, which kind of surprises me. Tennessee apparently has gotten in. According to a report out there, the Saeed Gibbs uh, Derby. I haven't been able to 1,000% confirm this, but we got to handle this as it comes at us here. A Portal Dave just sent me this. Uh, Saeed Gibbs is from Rhode Island. He's a defensive back, plays at the FCS level. Um, he... Within 24 hours in the portal, was offered by Boston College, App State, Cincinnati, Georgia Tech, Liberty, Yukon, UMass, West Virginia, Wisconsin, West Virginia, I said West Virginia, and apparently now Tennessee. He is thought to be a pretty good cover corner. He does have a tie to West Virginia, uh, as he was coached by a former West Virginia cornerback, Brandon Napoleon at Rhode Island. Um, he was one of the better players in the country at that level. 52 tackles, three tackles for loss, six break, pass breakups, and three interceptions. And he'll have three years of eligibility remaining. And Matt, you know I've long been a proponent of picking solid players out of the group of five and out of the FCS level, because there are solid players if you if you do your homework and you find said guys. We also have some other stuff to report, uh, and then we'll get going today. But uh, I've got a I've got to run this down on Gibbs, so don't quote me on that just yet. But I'm dealing with this as it comes at me because I'm in communication with uh, Soccer Dave. I'm in communication uh, with X. I'm in communication with a couple other people. And we're trying our best. If you look on today's blog, you'll see that we're spending time on this. Last night I was on the phone for about an hour and 30 minutes with X and another gentleman. We were three-waying, comparing notes, going back and forth. And trying to do our best here to uh, keep you abreast. But there you have it. We have a bunch to get into today. And there's a lot to talk about. Apparently, guys, apparently to Matt and Bry, some good news here. Your Jags dodged a bullet last night, Brian. It looks like. It looks like Dalton Connect is going to play this evening, which is kind of a minor miracle, Matt, but it looks like he's going to play. Yeah, I would, would not have expected that after after seeing that, that slow-mo and, and his reaction there on the bench. That, 
in North Carolina, I would have assumed he was he was out until maybe the new year. Yes, so that, that is, is good, it, good news. Is it uh, smart to play him if there's questions, though? Maybe you want to take it easy with him for a while. I mean, I don't know what his status is, what his injury is. He walked to the bus the other night. He's been shooting on the side a little bit leading up to this. So, I don't know. I think Chad Newman and his staff do a great job, have for years. So, the optics of that, you know, like we were talking the other day, him over there writhing in pain. Apparently, people tell me he's uh, pretty dramatic, pretty dramatic guy. So, Tennessee's got visitors this weekend. I think a couple pieces are out there. One isn't. Brian, you should uh, take a bow because the three visitors that are supposed to be, and, of course, this stuff all changes, but the three visitors that are supposed to be on Tennessee's campus are this weekend. Matt, I'll start with you. Let's start with Juice Wells from South Carolina. How much of a priority would you make him for the Vols? Uh, I would be a pretty big priority. I, he was, you know, I thought one of the maybe the best receiver, best slot receiver in the SEC going into last season, and a guy that just wasn't healthy. Um, I think he would be. He would probably be your number one wide receiver target if. If if he has interest and if he's visiting, that would that would be a great sign. Where he can he, yeah. he can really play. I mean, he's an NFL receiver. Where would you rank him in terms of current receivers on the team? Where would he go in the pecking order were he to arrive here, Matt? Uh, he, I think he would probably be your number one receiver. Wow. And, you know, probably a slot. I think he's kind of a slot guy. Maybe you can play him outside. But yes. I think he would easily be your number one guy. There would uh, be some serious irony if he came here after the game two years ago in Columbia where he torched the balls. Welcome there to. There would be some serious irony if, if he actually ended up playing for Tennessee. Welcome to the new era. Career. Here's the truth, guys, about South Carolina, the Vanderbilts of the world. The have-nots in this league are going to feed the haves. People need to just get that in their heads. Now, every once in a while, South Carolina is going to pick off a player. But they are comporting themselves during the NIL era like like a have-not, and their fans can't be happy about it. But again, they're not to the level of Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, again, ought to finish their stadium in Bondo, Matt. Because they're a runaround car. They ought to have a a radiator smoking when you walk up to the gate. They ought to have um, a bent back bumper. Maybe wheels that are bent in. Like you see some of those cars that uh, drive down the road. You know, those tricked out automobiles with the wheels that are bent in. I mean, Vanderbilt literally is, they're in in 41st place back in the day with with the grill smoking. There's like a black smoke coming out of the back of the car. How would you like Matt to be a Vanderbilt fan 
today, knowing what we know about what's getting ready to happen to them? Uh, if, uh, if you're a Vandy fan, I would I would be counting down the days until baseball or, or the women whenever whenever the women's bowling season is. Apparently, the, the South Carolina one's the one that that I think is is a little surprising because yep. you know I mean, they they obviously had Spencer Rattler and, and got him for two years with with Frankie Jr.'s connection to him from Oklahoma, but they got picked apart last year, yes. and it sounds like they're getting picked apart again this year. Which is kind of surprising because that's a fan base that I think is an underrated fan base. They, you know, have a great home crowd most games, uh, kind of a nice atmosphere. Um, but it, it's really interesting that they're kind of getting picked apart as much as anybody in this league. You know, if if they if they had a coach like Sparrier there instead of instead of Shane Beamer, do you think they'd be getting picked apart? Yes. You know why? Because it's all about dinner, 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 bum 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 And if you don't flash your cash, these guys are going out the door. You know what the coaches model to them? If you don't flash your cash, I'm going out the door. You know what the athletic directors model to them? The way they treat fans? If you don't flash your cash, you're going out the door. I don't feel sorry for anybody involved in this thing. The kids, for the first time in a hundred years, hold the cards. Speaking of which, it looks like the Stays kid. Matt, have you looked at him, the kid from Notre Dame? Do you know anything about him, Hunter Stays? It looks like he's visiting this weekend as well. And when I say it looks like with all these guys, all this stuff's fluid. As me and X were talking last night, he was telling me that there was a couple situations where guys had NIL appearances at certain schools. In the, over the weekend, and they went into the transfer portal, Matt. How would you like to be a business that set up a uh, like an autograph session with a kid when the season was over, and you announced things, and those and the couple kids didn't show up because they went into the portal, Matt? That's the era yeah, we're in. That's, that's the era that, we're that, in. Yeah, that's the the dirty laundry part of all this. Mm-hmm. And things like yeah, that's I mean that's just awful. Is a stays guy any good in your opinion, Matt? The tight end. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know anything about him, Tony. All right. What about the, what about gonna, Joe I, Lee? You know, you know, I don't cover. I don't cover recruiting all right. at all. I'm hearing that Joe Lee, Jolly. I'm hearing that he's going to be here this weekend as well. So right now, Tennessee has three that they think are coming in: Juice Wells, Stays, and Joe Lee. What's your take on him, Matt? Oh, well, I think Brown said he's picking him up at the airport. So, well, I got um, on, no, that, that guy can play. I got uh, on pretty good. Here. I got on pretty good information last night. Not that I'm saying this out loud, but I gotta say, Hypeland Company show me something because apparently somebody walked up to him after their game and said, "Hey, we'd love to have you here." Now I got time for that. That that's like an official visit. I got time for that. Him playing is like an official, yes. unofficial, official visit. I got time for that this is what i'm talking about in terms he of was there for a game like a recruit the lesser likes in the league if juice wells comes here that's the lesser likes in the league uh serving as feeder programs which is what's going to happen this is what they've set up uh for the time being in this iteration of college football this is what they've set up those of you that follow footy overseas it's the same thing with the english premier league right Brian? 
Those teams at the bottom of the table service feeders during the transfer window, right? They they can. Yeah, they can. Vanderbilt tight end London Humphreys on his way. What will happen is a is a player will go down somewhere and like get playing time. Yep. And then eventually sort of develop and then come back up to a stronger, more money club. Vanderbilt tight end London Humphreys looks like Matty's on his way to Georgia. Now, who thinks this is good for college football? Do you think that's good for college football, Matt? That Vanderbilt's going to have no players next year? And they're going to charge people to no. go watch them play? Uh, you can argue they don't have players this year, but like just body, they don't have body. They're, they don't have any body. I think all their quarterback like scholarship guys were in the portal. Like They don't even have a team. Yes. It's crazy. No, none, 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 of, this is, none of this is good for college football i mean just the the constant i mean guys going to three and four schools and being able to play i got none of that's good for the sport i was talking when you can't go back i mean you you can't go back you can't start restricting transfers again i don't think even though you probably need to isn't isn't will muschamp's son going to play quarterback there at vanderbilt next year isn't he committed wow yeah him and I can't remember whether he's at Baylor or Macaulay, but both of the quarterbacks in that game were committed to Vanderbilt. Well, that's a good sign when you got those two got those two teams. I mean, what, I mean, what, what about the the quarterback that transferred from Notre Dame to Bama is going back to Notre Dame to play lacrosse? Could that be the most next level thing of all time? <laughs> that Tyler Buckner's in the lacrosse transfer portal. I thought that was a joke last night. And I would have included that in the block. He in the actually block. played in the game. <laughs> The parody account. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, we we owe Phil Steele kind of an apology because Phil Steele actually called this. Said they figured the quarterback thing out, and they did. No, Brian. They, they got lucky. Auburn let them up. And, and we let them up. And, and this whole Nashville Lee thing yesterday when he's yelling at me in overtime – or TLD, you for the models. I don't need the models, Chief. I got my eye test. If models were everything, you gamblers would be cashing tickets every week. Come on now. Let's get real. Let's get real. Let's get real. When I come back on the other side and upon our turn, Humphrey guy is the guy that torched Vanderbilt for a 65-yard uh, play this season, Matt. It's like a like an like an addition or audition rather. That's what teams are doing. You walk up to the guy after the game and say, "Hey, you want to play for?" It's like pick up the ball. You want to play for us next year? Yeah, you look you look good against our secondary. You can play for us. Yeah, we'd like to have you. <laughs> it's a crazy I mean, crazy world. The one good thing so far with Tennessee. Um, is that a bunch of our, what, what would you call them? I call them like comfort blanket, veteran DBs. Some of those guys are in the portal, which means that Willie Martinez, unless he has real tricks up his sleeve, can't call on those dudes anymore. Upon our continuance, Bry, who's joining us? Scott Dokerman from The Athletic who covers Iowa. Scott Dokerman. And then we'll get some calls in. It's all ahead. It's Portal Tuesday. Day two. Portal Mania. 
running wild. Get your number one foam finger after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Greetings, it's Rick from Tillis Jewelry. With Christmas just around the corner, we are here to make your gift giving a breeze. Starting December 4th, we are extending our store hours to better serve you. Find us open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Whether you're after something timeless or trendy, Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia is your holiday gift giving headquarters. Make this season extra special by visiting us during our extended hours. Tillis Jewelry, where holiday magic happens. See you soon. 
The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. It is time to talk to our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson. Miles, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing great. We just had a good holiday week. Uh, but uh, I know you got some brand new sales coming out right now. So let's hear all about them. Oh, yeah. This week we have chicken drumstick family packs, 99 cents a pound. Seedless white grapes, $1.69 a pound. That smart sugar, four-pound bag, two for five. And six-pack Coca-Cola products, three for 12. Oh, fantastic. Now, these sales started on the 29th, and they'll run through December 5th. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And again, you're open seven days a week right there at Foodland, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. So if you guys are looking for some good food, some good deals, go check out the good folks at Foodland. Miles, thank you as always. And now you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. This gentleman here is getting his MD in a little bit of everything in college football. He covers Iowa for the athletic. But Scott Docterman off the air was just telling me that, and I appreciate you joining, Scott, that it's a lot crazy uh, at the athletic and what's going on right now and what you guys are covering. And you've got your, kind of like what we're doing here, you've got your hand in several pies, and this thing is moving quickly, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And I tell you what, from kind of the vortex of everything we've dealt with over the last three to four days, from championship Saturday to the the chaos that ensued afterwards uh, with the CFP to the transfer portal and, and all the, the bowl movement, uh, you know, the situation involving the ACC and Notre Dame to 
just what's the future of the bowl games uh, beyond this year when they go to a 12-team playoff. Everything here is, is just, it's in flux, it's chaos, it's magnificent for the sport, but, but boy, it's hard to keep your, your attention on one topic because in five minutes it can completely change. Well, like tonight, you know, ordinarily, we've got a basketball game with a pretty decent team uh, in our arena, and George Mason and Tennessee will host Il- uh, Illinois out of your league on Saturday. So ordinarily, we'd be, you know, steeped in the hoops, and, and why not? Very good basketball team here, but... You know, that is so back burner at this point and for the next 30 days. I mean, just since we jumped on the air, the Vols have offered a, a kid from Rhode Island University. I mean, my, I'm, look, I'm a degenerate, but I don't know anything about Saeed Gibbs. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think anybody listening to me does. But then we learned that, you know, Josh Heupel's also going to visit a, Tennessee's last prize player on the on the board, a five-star offensive lineman on Wednesday, who announces on Thursday. Generally, that would be huge front-burner news. But this portal thing, it's madness for us. I can't imagine, use the term vortex, I can't imagine what it's like being in the middle of the spin that these coaches and administrators are. It's it's unbelievable. Um you take up up here, and it's it's real similar situation to what you're dealing with in Knoxville. Uh, this week is Cyhawk Week, where the Iowa and Iowa State men's and women's programs play uh, one another in basketball. And I can't remember a time, even with a generational player like Caitlin Clark on the women's side, I can't remember a time where it took such a backseat to everything football-wise. Even though football is number one, it still um, so dwarfs everything, every conversation here, and and yeah, you're talking about coaches. I know, you know, in, in Iowa, you know, with the situation involving Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator who was effectively let go at midseason, effective at the end of the season. Uh, so Iowa has to hire an offensive coordinator who happens to be the son of, he replaced the son of the head coach. But then they played Saturday night for the Big Ten championship. They have the portal opening now. Uh, they have several players that have even NFL decisions and, and then, oh, by the way, and, what, two weeks and one day is National Signing Day. So to try to put everything together and prepare for a little bit, at least for a bowl game, I'm sure at the end of the month they'll get a little more into it. It's a, it's a, it's a tough chore. And I think my uh, colleague who actually lives there, David Ubbin, had a really a great column today just saying that next year when you go to that 12-team playoff, how do you expect these coaches to play for the most important games in their program's history and yet have to recruit uh, wow. at the same time wow. and keep players out of the portal at the same time. You know, I mean, this would be a weekend coming up where we'd see, you know, four quarterfinal games, the best we've ever seen for the sport on campus. And yet you're uh, saying, okay, well, that kid from Rhode Island, we better go out and make sure we recruit him. I mean, that's just, it's insanity. They've got to do something about the calendar or it's going to, it's going to stress every single coach out to the point where they have to leave the industry. So you're telling me that the playoff itself, that first round of the playoffs, because I, I, I wasn't abreast, of, I wasn't aware of this. The plan is for it to basically happen the week after championship games. It's it, right now. There's the week of, uh, week after, or the week two weeks after. But either way, there is just so much that these teams have to prepare for uh, mentally. You know, I mean, you'd think that just preparing for a game, a, a playoff game is important enough that everything else should be on the back burner. Mm-hmm. But when you add up 
the fact that you know they've, they've got players that they need to <laughs> re-recruit on their own roster, and then and then look outwardly. Um, and you know, and even going back five or six years ago, before the the early signing period took off, that was that was just for early enrollees and junior college transfers. Now it's for everybody, and and you've got to battle your own conference and other teams to, to and keep people in mind. This is just going to be the worst possible thing for these coaches going forward. Scott Docterman, we're in good hands, as you can hear uh, on this segment, covers the the athletic doesn't mess around with their people. And David Ubbins excellent, by the way. Tell him we said hello. Um, always appreciated David's work. The, the truth is, Scott, that even the people within the sport, they've had this foisted upon them. So there's been very little preparation. The thing I don't understand is, why do we have this arbitrary January 20th deadline for high school kids to sign? Because Tennessee's having to do both right now. Like I said, they're visiting with this five-star offensive lineman uh, Wednesday night in the midst of trying to get as many people onto their campus as they can, in the midst of trying to, quote-unquote, uh, engage in roster management and going to encourage some people to, uh, as uh, Chuck Knoll used to say, get about their life's work. You add preparing for a playoff game on top of that, Scott, and we're, we've reached Spinal Tap here. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. No question. Uh, you're, again, when when you're dealing with all those things at the same time, I, I think that what they have to do is they have to adjust the schedule. I think they're going to have to find a way to, to probably uh, move up the early signing period now to say, let's just throw out November 1st. That that way you can enroll the, for the next semester, but you have to be signed by November first, and then maybe push back the December one to the traditional site of the first Wednesday in February. Because I think right now the, the December, but this is before we had the playoffs. This was before we had the portal and uh, and you know free movement and NIL and everything else. It, it worked well for a couple of years, but now I think there's just too many things going on at the same time. And, you know, again, these coaches, uh, I feel for them because during from early August all the way through the end of the regular season, they're working 100-hour weeks, you know, preparing their teams, traveling, recruiting, coaching, and then there's no slowdown. In fact, if anything, it's a ramp-up. Because the season's over with. The bowl game is just kind of like icing on the cake. Yep. I mean, I don't think Tennessee's season's going to be made if they beat Iowa. I don't think vice versa either for Iowa. However, um, if you don't get that five-star and, and your rival does, then that changes everything for the next nine months of discussion. And then on the field, that third and four play, one way or the other, <laughs> it, it's impacted in three years down the line. So well, that's, that's a really great point you bring up. Let me bring Matt Dixon in here. Matt, if you were to ask rank-and-file fans, right, what would you rather do, win in the transfer portal or go beat Iowa? What do you think they would say? Or win in the transfer portal and win on December, or win on December the 20th? Because it's almost like, as a staff, you've got you've to make up your mind here. Because basically what you've got going on right now is the practices that will go on in the next couple of weeks, for the most part, you're going to have GAs out there running practice. In most of these places, which is good for them. They get experience. But, Matt, to most fans, what's more important, winning that game on the field against Iowa or winning in the transfer portal and winning uh, winning in recruiting? What do you think? Um, 
the majority of fans will care about winning on the field more, but the more dialed in fans that, that follow recruiting day to day will care more about winning in the portal and, and winning on the recruiting trail. And Scott, you bring up a really interesting point, which is that Iowa played in their conference championship game, albeit the way their offense is structured, like with one hand tied behind their back. I mean, God bless you for sitting there having to watch that for several years now. But um, there is a letdown factor for them uh, in this game, or is there? Are they are they happy to be in this game? Is this a um, is this a inviting matchup for them? How do they see Tennessee in this bowl game? It's 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 complicated a little bit. I think in some ways going into that matchup with Michigan that they were realistic and understanding it would take a perfect game for them to win. And defensively they played bad. Offensively they played as poorly as they have and that's that's really saying something because as you mentioned hand tied behind your back. I kind of look at this team as a one-armed Rocky Balboa. I mean they're very physical and their defense is exceptional and the rest and their offense is the worst in college football modern history and i'm not even being hyperbolic there i think it's true uh but i think the fans are are interested uh in going they maybe they wouldn't be if they felt like they had a bigger chance or against michigan but um they're you know so i would say interested is probably the best way i could describe it i mean oh you know they're not really energized necessarily but they're but they're okay because they they reconciled a long time ago that winning against whoever the East champion, whether it was Ohio State or Michigan, was going to be very, very difficult. So I think getting into the Citrus Bowl is is an accomplishment. Winning 10 games with this offense is an accomplishment, no matter what the competition was. Um, But, you know, I and they they want to win the game too, and I think I agree with uh, your co-host there that, that I think the majority of fans would want to win the game, but the ones who are more dialed in understand that, you know, in Iowa, just like in Tennessee, it's more important for them to beat Wisconsin and Ohio State or whoever next year with the recruits that you get in the next couple of weeks versus beating Tennessee. Just like, you know, I know, yeah, you want to win on the field, but beating whether it's Georgia or Florida or how, you know, Alabama, of course, uh, you know, and then the third Saturday in, in October, hopefully that'll be the day again, uh, that you have <laughs> those games matter a little bit more historically than they do against a second-tier bowl opponent. And that's, you know, that's kind of what they've done here because I know you you told me off the air you're working on a piece for the athletic in terms of what the bowl system is going to look like. And, look, I think both Iowa and Tennessee are going to be in the position where, in their respective leagues, where they're going to be vying for those back-of-the-card slots um, in the upcoming playoff uh, and, 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 you know, that's not a bad place to be. It's, that's higher than most. Um, but many years probably going to have to deal with the fact that there will be several teams from each league that will go on and play in the playoff while they will go on and play in a bowl system. What does the bowl structure look like when we go to 12? And as far as you've been able to ascertain, do we keep tie-ins? Do we keep the same deals? H- have they crossed that bridge yet? They haven't quite yet, and this is where it gets complicated because now with the the folding of the Pac-12, what happens to the Alamo Bowl and Holiday Bowl and other other Vegas and other bowls that are tied into the Pac-12? Where do they go? Do they maybe the does the Alamo, for instance, pick up the SEC and the Holiday Bowl pick up the Big Ten and and its wake? I, I that one is remains to be seen, and it kind of depends on a little bit of the court cases 
involving the Pac-12. But, but I think, um, you know, one of the more simple terms is like what we saw this weekend with Ole Miss and Tennessee, because Ole Miss was a team that was largely going to go to the, uh, to the Citrus Bowl until we saw the chaos with Florida State and Louisville, and then an Ole Miss went up. And that changed the whole dynamic of the bowl structure. I think next year it'll be a little more cut and dry. But, but what I'm interested in seeing, I think you are as well, is how do those like upper second tier bowls, the Citrus Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, the, the ReliaQuest, formerly known as the Outback, uh, the Gator Bowl, how do they survive when you've got disappointed fan bases that maybe they just barely missed out on the playoffs? Uh, how do they, uh, will the fans go and travel? I think people will watch because it's college football, but I'm not sure that a motivated fan from, say, Iowa, even this year, will say, you know what, I don't want to spend a couple thousand dollars flying to Orlando to watch this team win or lose 13 to 10 or whatever the score will be versus, you know, I'll just wait until next year and maybe travel to UCLA for the, the game in, in November. And I, I think that's going to be something, but at the same time, I think the excitement for the playoff system will be off the charts. You imagine, uh, you know, obviously where you live, Neyland Stadium, if you get to host a game against um, Wisconsin in the first weekend of, or, you know, second or third weekend even in December uh, at that stadium or here at Kinnick Stadium against Tennessee or Ole Miss or something like that, the excitement would be off the charts. But I think that for teams that are ranked 13th through oh. 25, it's going to be a real detriment. And the thing I love thinking about, because we saw a little bit about this weekend. Um, personally, I think that uh, Florida State and undefeated Florida State should have gone. But we all here were preparing ourselves. Uh, we all were preparing ourselves uh, for the inevitability that the SEC was going to flex. And, and even we have serious Bama fatigue here and kind of upper echelon SEC fatigue. Can you imagine the politicking when the SEC and the Big Ten draw their battle lines, each with their TV network of choice? The amount of politicking that's going to go on for those last couple of slots when it comes down to three or four league members from those leagues, as it will most years. You know how crazy that's going to be? Absolutely. Look at this year. with um, You look at the last three to four teams. And if Iowa had an offense, maybe they would have been in that discussion too. But Missouri... Uh, Ole Miss, Penn State, they were all in that, that last mix for that last spot. Yep. And, and there could have been, and for a New Year's Six Bowl spot, you know, the, the Peach Bowl versus the Citrus Bowl, there's really not a lot of difference. I mean, it's the game's a game. But, but when you're talking about playoff versus a bowl game, that, that there is going to be vociferous arguments and, and politicking and James Franklin standing up on his soapbox and Lane Kiffin doing the same thing. Yes. You know, you know, and and rightly so because it, it really matters. I mean, the, the difference between entering the playoff versus a, a bowl game will be wider than it's ever been. Even even now with the Florida State Georgia going to the Orange Bowl, which is a terrific game, by the way. But but it, you know, it's it's not a playoff game, but but it's still five versus six. I mean, when we're talking about the difference between being twelve and thirteen. And go into the playoff and be able to renegotiate your contract versus a, a fan base that's going to be severely disappointed, and uh, and players opting out versus playing in those playoff games. It's just going to be, it's it's going to be incredible to watch and incredible to unfold. Scott Doctorman, ordinarily, I mean, we'd be on here. I'd be asking you about opt outs for the bowl game. Like we're, this is kind of part and parcel of what we're dealing with with the sport right now. 
because we're several minutes into this thing and we're now drilling down on the bowl game as Scott Docterman of the Athletic joins, which is really, again, what we're kind of talking about. It's great to have all this stuff, to, to be doing what I'm doing, to be doing what you're doing, and to not be looking for content right now is a wonderful thing. I'm not complaining. But I just wonder how good it is for the sport when the games themselves are almost secondary. And so I ask you this. How many opt-outs is Iowa expecting for their bowl game? Do you have a number in mind? Uh, you know, for the NFL draft, I would say the, the unusual part, and this is a, an unusual year for them, their best players are injured, and they have been out. Um, so those opt-outs for the, for the NFL – whether it's a Cooper DeGene who's a you know going to be a first team all you know, he will be a unanimous first team all American and a first round draft pick he he's not going to be able to play because he has a broken leg and Luke Lachey their tight end may play but um, he had a broken leg in in, in September so the opt outs will be different but the, there have already been I think four players hit the portal that won't be available and I'm sure a few more later this week and and uh, but but they've done a pretty good job here of keeping people out of the portal it's been one of the lowest numbers in the big 10 but i think you look at other places and it's it's going to be catastrophic you you know even last year with iowa they were down to their third quarterback against tennessee he had never played before and he took his first snaps against kentucky in the music city bowl and uh and so that's what we're going to see a lot of this year i mean you know i i was wondering you know is joe milton going to play or are you going to go with the freshman you know that's yeah. That's something that, that uh, you know, I think, I don't know. Do you, do, do you know that answer? Sure. That we'll we'll address that. About 10, 10 or so days ago, if you'd have asked me, I would have told you Joe Milton, because this was what was been, this is what was reverberating around the program, was, was going to opt out. I think he's going to play now. Now, the question becomes, how much do they divide up uh, his responsibility in that game versus give Nico, who I will tell you is a fabulous player uh, in the making, but obviously is a guy that one of the sore spots among the fan base here, Scott, is that they did not, even in blowout situations, they did not get him ample playing time. So there's a, there's a, there's a modicum of frustration with this fan base because they weren't Iowa level of unwatchable offensively. But at times, offensively, they were a little bit of a horror show. I, I don't think most Tennessee fans would, would be offended by me saying that. So it's a little bit of a mystery in terms of what's going to happen at that position in the upcoming bowl game. And I don't know if that clears anything up for you, but you know, I'm looking at Iowa. As great as they are defensively, how come they don't uh, turn the ball over more? Um. That, that is the unusual part because in the past they have been um, among, if not the leader, in enforcing turnovers. And, and I would say if there's one area where they've been a little bit, I don't know, suspected down a little bit is uh, their pass rush, even though they got four sacks on Michigan the other day. Yeah. But uh, in the past they haven't, they haven't caused as many um, disruptions in the passing attack, which has uh, you know, led to you know, 25 interceptions a year. Uh, for the last handful of years, now they're still very much capable of that, but they haven't quite. You know, they're, they they kind of got hurt a little bit last year when their pri- primary pass rusher decided to go to the NFL after a sophomore year and became a first rounder, and they haven't been able to really replenish that because they had a gambling investigation in one of their two year starters 
was out for the season for that for a ten dollar bet on the women's basketball tournament. Uh, so they've <laughs> they've struggled a little bit getting to the quarterback, but I think they've improved in that lately. But yeah, it was it was really unusual to see that their disruption didn't turn uh, Michigan over at all. But Michigan, of course, is very good at, at that as well. What do you make of that whole Michigan deal? The uh, obviously you doing what you do. You've got contacts all over the place. Is that scandal much ado about nothing, or is that, from your perspective, a pretty big deal? I'm probably, you know, I think here, um, you know, the, the fan base here is probably a little bit in the middle. Uh, they don't like Michigan, just like they don't like Ohio State or anybody else, for that matter. Uh, but they, I think that the the way that they went about it, it, it kind of reminds me of Bill Belichick and, and the, that type of sign stealing that he did about yeah. 15 years ago. It's like, why do you need to do this? Um, they, uh, you know, a couple of anecdotes was when Iowa played Michigan two years ago in the Big Ten championship game, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, you know, a former Northwestern coach called an Iowa assistant and said, hey, just letting you know, Michigan's got all your signs. I just found out about it. I would have let you know earlier, but this was only a couple hours before kickoff. And uh, there was nothing they could do about it. And it's, they were pretty dialed in. And then the next year, last year, when they played at Kinnick Stadium, that uh, they, uh, I guess, Connor Stallions was there and, and received a game ball in the, in the locker room and everything. So What? Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So, uh, this is a little bit of, you know, there is, there's some suspect feel here. So I, I don't think, I don't think it overly, overly matters. I mean, I don't think anybody's saying that the result was void because of that, that they knew something and that's why they beat Iowa or anything. But, but I think most people in the Big Ten feel like Michigan got away with a lot and, uh, and they still are. <laughs> What's going to be great, and, and you know this from covering the game, but, we wanted to see the commissioner and Harbaugh mm-hmm. and Harbaugh chickened out. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what he did? Yeah. He didn't want to be a part of it with him. <laughs> I mean, that's really great. I mean, you, you, you do what you do and you turn yourself into a victim. If that in America 2023, I don't know what is. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's the way it is. I mean, and, and as we know, and, and I know, you know, there have been all kinds of issues with Tennessee, with Tennessee's program in the past and who they hire, who they don't hire as head coach and how the fans would kind of react. And, and that was the same way with Michigan. All their fans rallied around the flag and everybody else just pelted them with rocks. So, uh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where, where it is. But I wanted to see something like, I think it was 1981 Super Bowl when the Raiders won and yes. Roselle had to give the trophy to Al Davis and he did it with two hands. That's what I wanted to see Tony Petiti do with uh, Jim Harbaugh, but uh, uh, we, we were robbed of that moment in Indianapolis. That Pete Roselle deal looked like he was handing him a dirty diaper, which is one of the great, uh, which is one of the great visuals, and, and that's where you know the whole, the whole college football experience is sort of, um, I don't know, evolved, devolved, depending on your perspective. But there's there's a there's a tint of uh, sports entertainment in it now that you have to appreciate. I mean, these sidebar stories and this stuff is, um, I don't know. I, I kind of I fi- I find it off-putting and endearing at the same time. Like here in the Southeast, one of the greatest things about uh, the experience here is just how insane people are. And we laugh about it. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, you cannot explain it to people how much this means. 
And for Michigan to go to the lengths they went to to steal UNLV signs, I mean, I got time for that, Scott. I got time for it. It's amazing, isn't it, that they will do that? It's one thing to go do it for Ohio State or Penn State or, you know, an Iowa or somebody else that you might play in the championship game. It's another thing to go do it for, you know, a group of five team. And UNLV turned out to be pretty good, but yeah. still, we didn't know that at the time. And, and for them to you know, dress somebody up, to buy tickets, buy to, tickets, to film and everything. But, you know, and then, but the fact is, you know, after filming, people's signs and then going through them and then with your all 22 video and you can splice it in together you can see the sign see the the coverage or see the play develop and then and then all of a sudden he's on the sideline they have a chart of what their signals are and and they're able to to read i mean you know in in these big 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 games one play can change everything it's you know third and four and um you know that they're going to call pass and then they you know they're out of 11 personnel and they're going to throw to the slot on a stick route or something, and next thing you know, you're able to collapse on it because you knew where that ball was going, and you forced them to punt. That is, you know, that's the difference between winning and losing twenty-three to twenty. And as we know, coaches get hired and fired on that. They go to bowl games, they get extensions, and fan bases celebrate or deteriorate based on one single play in one big game. And that's that's where those signs, uh, stealing those signs, really came to fruition and helped them out. Scott Dockerman, there's no doubt. I mean, if you look at when they started their scheme and you look at what they were doing beforehand and what they're doing now, and if people want to sit there and tell you that, oh, well, you know, it's just kind of anecdotal or it's small sample size or it's a coincidence, come on now. Give me a break. And you are so right. It comes down to winning in those signature games in in that sport, three or four plays. And if I can have the answers to the question before you put the question in front of me, uh, might help. I mean, you know, I'm not a big, like, I'm not a real smart guy. You can probably tell by talking with me here for a few minutes, but might help. Hey, Scott, on the way out, how many Iowa people travel to this bowl game? What's the fervor here? What do you think? I don't think it'll be quite as heavy as it has been in, in other years, but I, I would say somewhere between fifteen and 20,000. I think it'll still be, you know, there'll be a lot of people in the next week or so that go, you know what, it's, it's still fun. It's Orlando. It's New Year's, and it's warm weather. I mean, here it's kind of dreary today. It's not real cold yet, but but I think you're you're probably seeing influx. But it still won't be like a few times where we've seen in the thirty five, forty thousand uh, range. It'll be probably more in the fifteen to twenty thousand range. On the way out, I know you cover the football beat, but you mentioned Caitlin Clark before, who like literally is one of my favorite athletes alive because she just has a stone cold look on her face. The other day, she shoved somebody with two hands, which again I got time for. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of old school with her. The thing I love about her more than anything, though, is that she might be the greatest shooter alive. She can literally shoot the ball over midcourt. And I'm talking about like in either one of those two sports. And no, I'm not comparing the two sports. But I would not want to play her in a game of horse, her shooting with her ball and me shooting with mine. Let's put it that way. Scott, what's it like? What's the Caitlin Clark experience like there? It's unreal. She's the most transcendent athlete I've ever covered. I'm, I've covered college sports now for 25-plus years, and she's more popular than any football player I've ever seen. When she goes on the road, almost every single Big Ten venue for women's basketball is sold out, and that includes Rutgers to Northwestern to uh, the other day, I think, Wisconsin. I mean, places that usually get a couple thousand fans, 
now are sold out to watch her play. Her When she goes on the road, last year it was, I think, 3,600 fans above average. And then at home, every single game is sold out here. That had never happened in Big Ten history before, let alone Iowa history. And she is a, a rock star, doesn't even give it justice. Because not only the way she plays on the court, it's it's incredible, but just her, her her charisma and aura and the way she represents herself, how she'll stay an hour after a game and sign uh, autographs for boys and girls. And, and probably the most transcendent part of it for me is when you see uh, games, there, there are Caitlin Clark shirts on boys, 8, 9, 10-year-olds, wearing Clark 22 shirts, whereas that had never happened before. And uh, I know of an experience one person told me where his son hit a three-pointer and he kind of shrugged, threw up his arms, and, and he's like, is that for Michael Jordan? He goes, no, Caitlin Clark. So boys are emulating her. It's unreal. It's never happened before in the history of sports, I don't think. But look, I mean, when somebody can can shoot it the way she – I never thought in a million years I'd say something like that on a microphone about a basketball player. But it is what it is. I mean, she gets over midcourt. You better guard her. Like last year in that tournament – uh, I guess it was the Virginia Tech game when she just started shooting 40-footers. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm going to shoot the ball from 40 feet here, and you're going to like it. It's like <laughs> – but anyway, on the way out, Scott, I really appreciate you um, joining us. It's got to be the most ironic thing in the world that Illinois has one of the most exciting women's things going on the planet. And that football team had to be borderline unwatchable for you. That had to be just – how hard is it, man, to cover that when they just have so little offensively? And it's almost like they don't care about offense. It's really strange. <laughs> well, yeah, and at Iowa, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting because they actually weren't that bad up until a couple years ago, and it's just progressively gotten worse. Um, part of it was quarterback. I mean, in a three-year period, they, and from 17 to 19, they had a quarterback throw 68 touchdown passes. They're right now, I think, at 35 or 36 over the last four years. So quarterback was part of it. Um, they had, you know, three NFL starters on the offensive line. They don't have anything like that now. But but to get this bad, it's, it's just jaw-dropping. Now, I reconcile it because I think of it as a job and, and try to treat it as such. But And I get my joy watching the defense <laughs> because it's so good. But but the offense, yeah, it's just really uh, – you know, and then you and then you rewatch it. And then, I unfortunately, I'm also a Chicago Bears fan. So oh, no. So it's like torture watching the three the same game three times in a weekend. But You need uh, like a crisis hotline to get through the weekend. <laughs> That's why I'm not watching the Patriots and Steelers on Thursday night. I'm like, I am not – subjecting myself to that i'll watch a, a rerun or something of the lion saints instead i mean that patriots steelers game that will have because i'm a such a football degenerate i watch the spring leagues mm-hmm. that's going to be like watching the uh, michigan panthers taking on the birmingham stallions you know like in july like that's the <laughs> level of quarterback play that will happen in that game but scott on the way out tell the living listener how they can find you and i appreciate your time yeah, sure. I'm at Twitter at, at Scott Doctorman, and that's with an H on Doctorman. And, uh, and I'm also on The Athletic. I cover mostly Iowa, but I do, uh, you know, cover some college football subjects as well. So, and, uh, you know, once the season's over with, I'll probably do a little Caitlin Clark too, because you can't get enough of her. But, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. That's the easiest way. Scott, wonderful breaking it down scientifically with you. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate yes, sir. it. And my best to you at the, uh, 
holiday season, and we thank him. Matt, that cat was pretty sharp dude right there. What do you think, Dixon? Uh, yeah, yeah, Wade sounds way too intelligent to be covering Iowa sports, especially that offense. But Tony, please don't compare Iowa's offense to Tennessee's anymore. I mean, do you, you obviously haven't watched Iowa, which I don't, you know, hold that against you, but right. don't compare that to what Tennessee had this year. I mean, Tennessee had a top 25 offense this year in a lot of metrics. Granted, they struggled in the red zone. Somehow Iowa was worse in the red zone than Tennessee, but I mean, Tennessee's, we weren't in club Gitmo this year. I mean, don't compare it. I mean, Iowa, Iowa fans are literally getting waterboarded in Gitmo every weekend watching that offense. <laughs> well, what I was saying, though, is that I found our offense unwatchable this year. Now, you're going to give me, like, some offensive numbers, some friend. You and Nashville Lee are going to put models in my face. Go ahead, throw models at me. Go ahead, Matt. Let's do Let's do this for Nashville Lee. Go ahead. Give me numbers. No, I don't need, I don't need models. I think they were top 20 in total offense. Oh, gosh. Top 20 in yards per play. Oh, gosh. Top 10 in rushing offense. Oh, I'm so happy to turn the page. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to watch? You want to look at look at how many? Go look at how many points Iowa scored against ranked teams this year. He just said that Iowa scored thirty six touchdowns over the last three years. That's called <laughs> don't don't spend it all in one place. So I will say this to you, Matt: you ripping me on juxtaposing those two during our conversation is Derek Dooley noted. I will say guilty as charged. I am. I was sick of our offense at the end of the year this year, and I never thought I'd say that. Brian, how about you? I was sick of our offense. I was sick of this, and, and it's a Josh Heupel offense. I shouldn't be saying that, Bri. Bri's eating. Well, what are you eating, they also, um Yes. I'm not eating anything. Oh. Uh, they also were limited somewhat by several injuries, oh, gosh. I guess, at times. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And that yeah, no Bruce McCoy. Uh, I think uh, that really made a difference. Uh huh. But we this just, team couldn't afford to lose some some players last year. They didn't have Tillman for a stretch, but they seemed to get better and better. They didn't. They, Hyatt, they had Hyatt. We were set, this year. They we just were, didn't have that guy. We were really setting the world on fire when uh, Austin Peay came here. We take a brief time out. We come back. Matt Dixon, if the uh, Wade twins and Steve Wade is agitating publicly. He has said the following about Kentucky. They didn't keep their promises. He's not happy with the way his sons were used at Kentucky. Um, Destin could have been just as good a quarterback as they had this year. There's nothing any of those guys sitting in that quarterback room could have done. Uh, They didn't give him an opportunity to even compete. Uh, So we've got to do what we've got to do. Didn't he start their bowl game versus Iowa last year? I'm not even sure they had positive yards. As we continue, do you want to – I guess the question is, if those kids go into the portal, do you want to play with the Wade twins? Uh, Not if you have to take both of them, no. The one that's a linebacker I think is pretty decent, but the other one doesn't have a position. Hour two after this. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. 
It's a memory-making time of year. This is Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt. Many years ago, as a little girl, I remember my mother receiving several packages in the mail. That was odd at our house. It was just a couple of weeks before Christmas. She put them away. I learned later that my dad had won a catalog shopping spree by selling the most cars the previous month. We were five young children and had just moved to Nashville from Illinois. It had been a tough year. About three days before Christmas, my mother started bringing out the toys one at a time. I remember her sheer delight as she presented each one to us. You see, we didn't know what was in the packages, but mother did. And she couldn't wait to give the toys to us. I know now that the true joy was in the giving. I hope during this holiday season and in the new year that every one of us will experience the true joy of giving whatever we have to give. From our house to yours, I wish you a very merry, merry Christmas and a joy-filled, prosperous New Year. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Look, it's it's look, it, it, it's just not like me to belabor a point because it's not my style. And generally speaking, I let things go, but. You know, Dixon, you you made me sound like I'm you made me sound like I'm some kind of uh nardy wet nerdy what's the word I'm looking for? Nerdy well. Uh uh some kind of like um uh, unknowledgeable ogre. But see Matt, I got numbers on my side here. So let's revisit Tennessee's offense that I found abhorrent this season and they were 11th in SEC play, Matt. 20 offensive touchdowns. Vanderbilt was 12th. That carcass of a Vanderbilt team had 17 touchdowns. Six of Tennessee's not, 20 were I'm against Vandy. Tennessee was good offensively. They they were they were awful in the red zone. They couldn't score, and that and they were bad there. They averaged, I think it was like 450 yards a game. It was like six, six and a half yards per play. Um, they were actually better on third downs this year than they were last year. Uh, had a top, top 10 for most of the year rushing offense. Oh, God. I mean, you know, they, they, they sucked in the red zone. They were awful in the red zone. Somehow Iowa is a lot worse in the red zone, but like you can't compare the two offenses. I mean, Tennessee, I think they averaged 31 points this year. Um, in Pruitt's years, they never averaged 25. I mean, they just, they, you know, it's not, it's not last year's offense, but they're, they weren't just awful. And yet, you know, I'd say it's a kind of a top 30 offense national. Oh, here we go. These damn numbers. You and Nashville. No, not, not, not everybody plays Alabama and Georgia every year either. You and Nashville need to get a room. All this modeling and, Numbers. I mean, if it's in Vegas, sure. In top 30. Brian, uh, Nashville Lee, <clears throat> a.k.a. Tennessee Lee, a.k.a. Music City Lee, as I've rebranded him. I guess stick with my own branding. He texts me during the first segment. It's all, all mad at me. I never said modeling. I never said anything about modeling, talking about Alabama. Brian, was I hearing things yesterday, or did he say a couple times during our conversation modeling? And and Lee, don't make me check the tapes, man. I uh, I thought he did. You remember everything, Brian. You're I, like I an think elephant. He did. Okay. Now, Lee, look, I'm not I'm not here to start anything. It's not my style. But you said modeling like two or three times to me. It's the modeling. It's the modeling. Look, dude. 
Don't give me that. Florida State and Vanderbilt would be a really good football game. Wow, you know, you can't can't beat somebody with a backup quarterback. Hey, Brian, what did that Browning guy do from Washington before come, before playing last night in a hostile environment? The first game on Monday night hey. football. He looked like he couldn't play dead against Pittsburgh just the thank, week before at thank, home. Thank you, Lee. And thank he you, Lee. For like gazillion yards last night. Thank you, Lee. You, you people, man. I mean, it was just through Florida State. They won them all, but, you know, they're trash. They only have several NFL players on their defense. I'm sure Jared Verse can't play. And, and I'm sure Alabama the week before needed a miracle. But we forget about that. A miracle. And Florida State won it all last night. Exactly. And Florida State won with, it all. With, with your guy and, and some, some former VFLs. Mm-hmm. And while I'm on the subject, Matt, let's tell on me. What about my boy Jawan Jennings' performance in Philly the other day? What'd you make of that, Matt? Uh, he, he did what he always does. Mm-hmm. See that? He could he could easily be, I'm sure there's some Philly fans that wish that will want him on their team if he's ever a free agent because he's the ideal Philly type player. So I'm I'm glad to see him having a lot of success. I he was kind of one of those tweener guys, um, but it looks like he's in much better shape uh, than he yes. was here. Yes. and he still plays with that edge and physicality, and he's in a great in a great spot. So I'm love love seeing him have success, and that. That, that that stiff form he gave that guy, that DB, <laughs> that's borderline criminal. He threw him to the ground. And it's interesting <laughs> you talk about his shape because physically his body looks completely different. He does not look like the same guy. It's almost like what Arian Foster did to himself when he went down to Houston and entered the NFL. Like you, you looked at Arian Foster in an NFL field and you went, is that the guy, same guy that played here? It was really strange. But let's go back to our phone. Here's the news of the day, and then we'll go then because I just want to hit this real quick. So tonight we've got Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime. Dalton Connect is expected to play tonight. Toby Awaka is as well, and we're still a ways off uh, from seeing Freddie DeLeon play. Freddie DeLeon has to get some minutes uh, in some of these games coming up. Tennessee has officially overscheduled this year. This schedule is absurd. Concurrently with Tennessee's game tonight, Illinois is going to play Florida Atlantic up in Madison Square Garden. Now, Brian and myself in the Mirror Studio tonight will be watching both games concurrently. And and I got to tell you that if Illinois wins, that'll be five quad one basketball games for the Tennessee basketball balls in the first four weeks of the season. Matt, would you call that just a tad? Plus, you've got a... Uh, a net top 65 team coming in here tonight, which is a great non-league opponent. I would call that just a tad bit of over-scheduling, Matt. Obviously, they didn't know these teams were going to be this good when they put them on the schedule. They had no idea Mason would be. And I'm telling you something about Mason. If they're hitting their shots, they could beat the Vols tonight the way they play. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough schedule, but um, you would, that's, you know, Luckily, the losses don't really kill you. You'd, I mean, you would have liked to have won another game or two, and you definitely need to win, hold serve, you know, this weekend. But 
you know, it's kind of a, a, a challenge for, for your team. You really learn who you are. I, I do think with all the injuries Tennessee has, it's a little bit over scheduling. Like you, you would like to have a healthy Ziegler. Yep. Um, and then with, you know, Viscovi kind of out in the wilderness, you, you know, you, you prefer to, to be at full strength to play these games, but. You know, you get to learn about your team and learn what your weaknesses are, and then you have the rest of the season to try to correct them. So, Juice Wells stays, and Joe Lee look like they're all visiting this weekend. That's what we believe. Um, Charlie Baker, the NCA president, is pro- proposing creating an FBS subdivision. We haven't talked about this yet because I don't think that's a real story. I think that's performative on his part. He's proposing creating an FBS subdivision that permits schools to directly compensate athletes through a trust fund and NIL. I do think eventually these schools want to find a way to take these NIL deals out of the hands of people that are administering the money right now. Now, I do think that's a thing. I don't think athletic directors around the country want boosters interfacing with anybody but them and their athletic departments. So there I said that. I don't know how legally, I don't know legally how you get there. Because here's the issue the NCAA is going to have. Charlie Baker is proposing creating an FBS subdivision that permits schools to, this is from Yahoo Sports, directly compensate athletes through a trust fund and the NIL. And then Yahoo tags that with, it's perhaps the most revolutionary concept introduced in NCAA history. Here's the issue I have with it. How do you get there um, and do that and still fall under the auspices of Title IX? You're still land-grant institutions in a lot of cases. And the courts aren't going to go away. Josh Heupel and Ellerby are going to have an in-home visit. The folks at VolQuest are reporting are going to have an in-home visit with the Seton kid, who's the five-star player, tomorrow. This is all, and that, and he's making his decision on Thursday. But this is crazy right now. And our guest from Iowa, Matt, made a great point. Because Tennessee is going to be in a position in the next couple of years to make a playoff. Whether they do or not, who knows. Can you imagine having to prepare for a football game in the playoffs, having to worry about roster management for the future, having to worry about who you're going to get out of the transfer portal and worry about the December, whatever it is, the the third week in December signing day. Does any of that make sense to you, Matt, that they're going to put those all right on top of each other arbitrarily? No, it's it's just silly. So, it, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the solution is because you have to have guys enroll in school to be at a place in January um, the early signing period, I think, has been a total kind of disaster. Uh, you know, moving it up, what they move it up like a month, Why? a month and a half. I mean, really do, it does nothing. nothing. But if you move it to August, you have all these coaching changes and players went out of them anyway. So I, I it's all just a big mess right now. And I, there's not a, a ton of solutions out there, but, um, yeah, it's like, like, like Saban used to always cry and complain about, Playing in the SEC championship game meant that they lost a, a, a weekend to recruit, and it was like the most disingenuous thing I, you could ever say. It's like, dude, you're playing for the SEC championship. That's your recruiting pitch. 
Clemson defensive back Andrew Makuba is now in the transfer portal, according to Matt Zenitz and 247. Multi-year starter, 143 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss. Solid, solid player for Clemson. Apparently going back home to be in Texas, that's the thought. But I, I didn't think they skipped bowl games at Clemson, Matt. I, I didn't think they opted out I didn't think they either. had players that opted out or went into the transfer portal. Tennessee has offered them. We'll go back to the phones. Trust me, this is the life we're living here. Tennessee today has offered Saeed Gibbs, according to his social media accounts. Freshman All-American at his level at Rhodey, Rhode Island University, whose colors I've always been partial to. Whenever I see Rhode Island basketball on television, I pop. Immaculate. Saeed Gibbs, pretty good player. Now, Brian, Carolina Blue there. When we get our guest on uh, later in the week talking the 1AA playoffs this weekend, we ought to ask him about the CAA Football Defensive Rookie of the Year. Second most picks in the league. Started all 10 games that he played in. Apparently he's a pretty nice player, and the Vols like him. Uh, I will look up his measurables, or if one of you wants to, but I'm sure Saeed Gibbs has played his way. Wasn't there the the lineman from Rhode Island last year that Tennessee was in on until he took an official, and I think he wasn't as big as they thought he was? That's right. Is that right? I think that is correct. I don't even know where that guy ended up. They might have been right on him. I don't know. I will talk to the Xer about that later. I'm sure the Xer's got a thought, but... uh, it is wild. Make no mistake about it. And it's only going to get crazier. So, Saeed Gibbs. That's a great name. Back to our phones we go. We'll be heading into a TLD Logistics Overdry Overtime. Hello and welcome into our next call. How you doing, Tony? Hey, Billy. I'll tell you one thing, buddy. You know how Alabama got in there? How? I believe that there's a certain network that twisted the committee's arm to put Alabama in there. I'll tell, I'll give you a hint who it is. Dan Patrick calls this network the mothership. This also has a famous jingle. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And if you want to know who that is, the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network, better known, Tony Basilio, as ESPN. I believe they verbally twisted that committee's arm to get Alabama put in there, and that's all I'm going to tell you. You know, very seldom do you bring up, very seldom... Do you bring up something salient on here? But today is your day, so take a bow, Titans Bill. I don't know if I can see you taking a bow. Uh, it's a one or for one or for a point by you. Matt, can you imagine behind closed doors? Because my understanding is that Fox and ESPN are going to share. They're going to share the playoff rights, kind of like what they do with the NFL. They're going to break it apart. Can you imagine how those entities are going to fight for their own teams, Matt, behind closed doors, and politic for their own teams behind mm-hmm. closed doors? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I think we haven't – I guess we can talk about more probably next offseason is yep. 
is how the how the different networks are going to change how they promote and cover teams that aren't in their leagues because I think that's will be really fascinating to watch how how ESPN covers you know Big Ten football as opposed to you know Fox and like maybe the SMC because I I think that that I think that that stuff does matter and in times like this where you have a you know a committee you know picking teams that. I think a lot of TV ratings go into it. I, I think Titans Bill's kind of on to something here. How about that, Bill? Your your call is being celebrated instead of derided like it usually is by Brian Hartman, who, who generally behind the scenes is telling me, cut him off, blow him up, cut him off, get rid of him. Well, you know how no, Brian that's not Hartman the case, is telling no. Mr. Cheap, Mr. Cheap shot I know. himself. I know. And that's the thing I'm working. i tell you what. I've got a New Year's resolution uh, with Brian Hartman and you, and that's to put you guys together in 2024. Have like a little summit, our own little glassnost for you guys. <laughs> that would be great, Tony. Okay, on another note, Mike Frable finally used his head for something besides a hat rack and got rid of that special teams, teams coach. Um. So you you think that's good that the Titans are going to take off now that we've got the special teams coach out of there, Bills out we're expecting? That's not gonna it don't matter it's none, Tony. Oh it won't I matter. don't think. Oh. You know, you usually don't see two punt blocked and like that in a season, much less multiple seasons. That happened to them in back to back possessions. So, Excellent scouting by Bino's Colts. They saw a hole, and, man, they exploited it. you got to give Bino's Colts credit. And, Tony, I'll tell you another thing. If there would be another head coach outside of Karen Weekly that I would never want to be a Ohio State just flat out for her kingdom down. Lord have mercy. Uh, well, the Lady Vols have been without their best player in Marquia Jackson for several weeks, and it's happened at a very bad time for them because they have gotten pummeled by some people. I mean, Brian, I don't know if you watched any of the Ohio State game Sunday. I watched a little bit of it. And they got, I mean, they just kept turning the ball over. You know, I know you're missing your best player, but should you be getting beat by 20 points at home? And I can't Should you help. not have enough in your whatever it is for her to not to at least be able to compete? I can't help but notice, which is kind of strange, how few people are going to those games. That game on Sunday, they had four thousand people there. It's weird looking. Well, Ben, and, and you could get tickets for like ten bucks. Oh my I'm gosh. just gonna. Continue to probably, I don't know what it's going to look like going forward the rest of the year. Billy, great call by you. Thank you, brother. Back to our phones we go. By the way, Brian Penske, big ups, national champion, Bri. We ought to get him on and celebrate with him. Let's go back. That is is completely what great story. Brian Penske led FSU to a undefeated, just like their – regular football counterparts they didn't lose a single game i think they had one tie and they won every other game 
and they won last night in huge fashion, five to one over Stanford. And that's why he told me he took that job. He said, "Look, I love Tennessee. I love it, but man, this is like you know, this is Alabama in my sport. You can win a national championship here. Hard to blame a guy when you think about that." Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey. It's Peggy. I thought I'd call back and give myself, you know, since I've calmed down a little, apologies for yesterday. Oh, no. You never <laughs> apologize, Peggy. You're the best. Oh, my gosh, honey. I really was. I, I didn't realize, like I said, that that just kind of set me like that. But it, and I'm still, I uh, feel a little bit more calmer about it today, but I still have the same opinion. Oh, you know. So I guess I, you know. Go ahead, Tony. We, we just don't get we just don't get much love, you know. Me and you for our call. Um, you know, you know, Bino during your phone call yesterday, though he did convey to me. He said Peggy wouldn't let me talk, Tony. He said I felt like Florida State. <laughs> he said I got left out, you know, from the playoff there. He said you and her were playing oh, like you. Uh, championship game and he said he couldn't get a word in peggy well you just i'm so sorry about that honey i'm new at this i mean you know we're talking about a few minutes it's you know it, it's on the fly it's not rehearsed i mean you know i'm not a pro i'm not no pro semi-pro uh i figured out i must be a degenerate as you say because i thought i need to find out about, I had a question about the NL, and I thought, I thought I had moved on to basketball, so you know what? No, I, I feel like Michael Corleone, they, they pulled me back in. Oh, this thing's too interesting. This, um. I blame you all. Well, it's just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you got a chance to rework your roster, you know, and you got all these moving parts. So, what's your question about NIL, Peggy? Maybe we can. Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay. Minds, so maybe we can solve basic it. question I'd like to know is do all the kids, I mean, everybody's on your roster, is this thing made so that everybody gets a little check, or is it just the top players? How does that work? Well, there's a disparity. The way it's working right now in college football is some kids are getting paid a lot and some kids are getting paid none. And some kids are getting paid some. And the okay. some that are getting paid some who are guys that play, look at the guys that are making a lot and are saying, why Ooh. am I not making a lot? That was my question, Tony. I wondered. And I mean, even the kids, even, the, you know, the ones that's making nothing. I mean, I wondered how that was working. You'd think there's enough money to go around with the millions it's spent. I, look, I mean, I value our coaches, but come on now. If you ain't got the players, what good's the coach? Well, you, you, you're speaking the truth. We learned that this year. I mean, if you don't have players... You can, have, oh, you can have all the great offensive schemes you want. Uh, we all, I knew that back in the summer. I was trying to warn people. I didn't think it would look like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you was. Because but I was when warning I first people, tuned in, yeah. I, I didn't like to hear what you had to say. But, Tony, you was warning us. Well, I mean, I, w I just believe, I'm a player believer. Look, there, yeah. <laughs> Maury Hanks, LOL, there is a... There is a, um, 
belief among football fans, college football fans, that they worship these guys. But Nick Saban and Kirby Smart know the score. Nobody works harder in Kirby I, than those two guys. Nobody works harder at okay. it because they know the score. Uh, I better have better ooh. players or I'm not going to beat you, Peggy. I got to have better. Playing, your son knows he's that. He's playing chess, Tony. He's sure. playing chess. Well, your son knows he that. Could, you know, your son's a high school football coach, right? Sometimes they walk out on the field and they don't have a chance against the teams they're playing because the guy yeah. that's got better players. Nine times out of ten is going to beat the one that doesn't have the better players. Nine I mean, times out of ten. That's just a fact. That's a fact. You, you can will yourself, and that magic is going to happen every now and then. That's, that's not right. predicting the champ. That's I mean, right. that's you take the magic out of it. Don't do that. And national these models don't show that. Too. That's right. You know, but yeah, uh, but anyway, I want to give you this little scenario, All right. and then I'll get off of here. All right. See, this with this portal thing, that's what I thought. It's kind of like the baby NFL looks to me like. You know, except, you know, everybody gets paid a little something in there, some might way more than others. You know, maybe they'll figure that out. But it's going to create things that we ain't never seen before. I mean, this was going on under the table, and everybody just accepted it. Now it's like out in the open, and, you know, that's probably a lot of the problems. You know, who knows how it's going to affect the locker room. But if you think, okay, this portal, how long have they got? How long is this thing open right now? The portal is open for 28 more days after today. So it's a 30-day window. It began yesterday. 30-day window. And then you have another one that's a 15-day window. Right after that. No, 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 in the spring, after spring spring practice. Here's some crazy, it's a take, it's a crazy take. But listen, I thought of this back in the summer, and I said, uh, one of the biggest prizes ended up out there with the Longhorns, you know, and he's, I don't think he's going to sit on the bench. And if you think that, Lex Luther down there in Tuscaloosa ain't looking out for that. And we ain't, you know, wait and see. If you want to see a heart, a dagger in the heart, let uh, Archie go to Tuscaloosa. Say it ain't and so. And it could happen. Bino won't know what to do with himself. Say it ain't so. Peggy, thank you. You're the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Incredible phone call. More of you, less of Bino. We'll go back to our phones. The um, UTSA, the defensive player of the year Whoa. in that conference Whoa. from UTSA, Trey Moore, Ooh. is entering the transfer portal. I wonder if the balls may have looked at him when he played. Matt Dixon. I, I think he set out that game, unfortunately. He's a really, really good player. He did. He really was, good player. He was one of like their nine guys that sat out. <laughs> they treated us like an exhibition I mean, that's the other thing that sucks about this whole deal right now. Why would UTSA sit all their players? Frank Harris didn't play. I mean, we didn't see their team. That quarterback was so goofy they had out. I mean, no offense to the guy, but geez. No, the third string guy was better than the backup. Yes, the third string guy could throw no, but he, Yeah, he didn't play. He he can he, he could be an SEC player. That guy's a nice all-around yeah, linebacker. Yeah. So maybe Trey Moore, maybe they went over 
and visited with him off to the side. That's what this is about now. And I'm telling you something. You leave these football coaches alone to their own devices, and they'll devour each other. People say, well, you know, why wouldn't they have a little mercy on Vanderbilt? <laughs> they're going to take Vanderbilt's roster, and they're going to pillage it. Pillage it. There won't be dust left. They'll clean that thing out like a like a freaking storage locker on storage wars. Brandy will be over there. Who is your favorite character, Matt, on Storage Wars? Uh, I I did not watch Storage Wars. How about you, Bri? You have a favorite character on Storage Wars? Yeah! I've never even heard of it. Oh, you two losers. Josh, welcome in. Thanks. How did I know it was you? I just had a feeling. I don't know. Tony, uh, I was a Dave Hester guy. I love Dave Hester. Yeah. Yep. I loved uh, Tony when he always tried to start fights with everybody. He was really quarreling. I liked Ivy Calvin too. I was kind of an Ivy Calvin, Ivy Calvin guy as well. Yeah, Jared always struck me as a punk. I thought Brandy was smarter than Jared. Oh yeah, for sure. Who's the guy in the first couple seasons? The older guy that drove Uh, Barry. Who was it? Barry. Barry. I love Barry. Yeah. Barry had those funny gloves. About American Pickers. No. You know American Pickers? Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about something real, dude. It's called Storage Wars. Ronnie, uh, I'm sorry about Trevor Lawrence last night. That You think it's a season-ending well, injury, maybe? I think it's good news, right, They Brian? just said that it's a, there's a high ankle sprain. They'll yep. see where he is in a couple days. He's stable, so that sounds positive right now. Good. Brian, so, <laughs> Brian, when they were showing him, not like stable. He looked Brian, like he was going to cry. When they were showing him, well, they no doubt, he's never been hurt in his life. And he was pissed. He slammed the ball on the ground. Why didn't they cart him back to that tunnel? He was, well, two guys were helping him walk. And it looked like he had to walk a mile and a half. And they had the camera on him. I'm like, this is like yeah. wrestling. What is somebody gonna come up from this behind was, him and hit him in the back of the head with a crutch? You remember when uh, Hendon Hooker got hurt? They didn't card him off either. He had to take a long walk. What the deal, and man? I can understand. Yeah. He was on the road. Trevor was playing at Holly. Well, those cards don't work on all that sand that South Carolina had on their field. Yeah. God, you need a dune buggy, Adam. Um, Not on that. Eric uh, Waddell said that the Jags have now been eliminated from postseason contention with what's going on with Lawrence. If he can't play, they don't they don't make the playoff now in the NFL. Hey, Those are the new rules. Hey Tony, for the Nashville Lees, the you world, know, uh, Joshy. Yeah. What's ironic is because they can tell you who's going to win. That C.J. Beathard was the backup quarterback who came in there and didn't play badly at all. He played at Iowa. He played against he was the Vols very in that good. bowl game. He played in the State. bowl game against Tennessee. I remember him. Is that Bobby Beathard's yeah. grandson, or am oh, I misremembering? Yes. brutal. God, that team was that yeah, team sucked. Yeah, it is. That was one and of Butchie he boys. grew up in Tennessee, I think. Yeah. He grew up here? He grew up in the Mid-State, didn't he, Brian? Yeah, he played in the Mid-State, I think. C.J. Beathard. He was good last night, Brian. The other kid was hey. good, too. Hey, Tony. You know, the Jets would do well to have a quarterback like him. Can I ask you something, Josh? Yeah. Why is Brian dominating your phone call right now? He's very wordy. I love Brian. But uh, what are the chances, Tony, this week when uh, the tight end from UConn and both uh, Juice Wells, when they leave, that they uh, 
on papers. Do you think that's a good chance of happening after before they leave? Uh, I mean, if I'm Tennessee, uh-huh. I'm going full throat on them. Full throat. Full court press. Sure. I'm not letting, yeah. I'm not letting if I really want a guy, I'm sitting him down with that agency and I'm not letting them get off my deal till we've got a deal done. Sign on the line, sign on the line, on the line. And, uh, Tony, uh, is that Kellogg still in the portal from UTSA? I would like to bring him home, too, Alcoa guy. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Brian can look up Kellogg and see if he's, he's there. He's a pretty nice player. Very nice player. I, I didn't think he had any eligibility left. I thought this was like his sixth or seventh year there. It's not stopping Keenan Peely. Well. Who hey, announced Tom, today that he's well, coming yeah, back? He's, he's providing for a family. Yeah. Who's that? Well, you know, he he's he's been in. He probably went on a mission or something before he got into college football. Keenan Pilly. So he, I tell yeah. you what, he was a pretty nice player he before he got hurt. He stays over there a couple more years. He'll be eating at the SNS with Rick Barnes on Mondays. Yeah. Hey Tony, what are the chances? He, he uh, a college football pension. Yeah. I think he's got grandchildren. Tony, where are the chances connect place tonight? Do you think he's a full go tonight? I hear the plan is for him to play. Good. So we'll see what happens. But then again, yeah. I heard the plan was that they thought Awaka was going to play last week, and he ended up not playing. So, I mean, who the heck knows? Like a lot of these things, what we learn is they warm them up, and it's like, how do you feel? And sometimes it's a you know pre-shutdown or sometimes you don't even get the warm-ups. But I'm hearing Awaka is full go tonight. Connect will play. Good. Uh, and, Matt, you got to wonder, like, what a Vesco's thinking right now, who had to be thinking, man, that guy's going to be out for a couple weeks. I'm going to get a shot to get some shine here. That I mean, that's the thought I had was this: that if, if connects out for you know a week or two, maybe maybe that's what gets Vesco going. Yeah, you know. But now that I mean, I guess it, it seems like connects going to play, so we'll. I guarantee we'll, we'll see how how they handle that. I'm, I'm going to be watching the body language and see any interactions between them, just to see if if there's anything there, or if it's just more of a Vesco trying to find his role. Poor Vesco, more, man. Or if there's anything yeah. deeper. Like I said, I feel for the guy because it can't too. be fun. To, yeah, it can't be fun thinking you're going to come back and be the focal point, and you're literally like a second or third wheel but right now. You can't just go in the business for yourself, though. No, you're no. right. You're right. But uh, Tony, what are the chances you think Tennessee gets uh, that guard from uh, IMG that tackle? Well, I mean, look, it's down to them in Oregon, and yeah. Uh, Heupel's going to be in there along with Ellerby on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, they have an excellent chance, I would say. He's announcing tomorrow night, you said? He's announcing Thursday. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, Tony, out the door, any chance uh, we can get uh, John Campbell Waffle House deal, eat at Waffle House for life? See you. Thank you. Back to our phones we go. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. the number. John Campbell returning. This couldn't have gone better for Tennessee. Three-fifths of that offensive line. Looks like they're going to be back. I mean, you never know. You say those things, you never know. But it's you, awesome. might, you might owe Martin Vall an apology, Tone. 
remember ripping him on air that day? He said that we could potentially get these guys back. Well, not not only might I owe him an apology. Amar Tanval, I want to say to you, man, that you are a valued member of this audience. You are a valued member of our dysfunctional radio family. I should not have clapped at you like that. I apologize, and if I offended you, man, I'm very sorry. You were right, and I was wrong. And uh, there will be more of that, by the way. So we take a brief time out and continue on the other side after this. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM-FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry, your festive gift destination this Christmas. Unwrap the magic with our natural diamond earrings starting at an incredible $99. Yes, you heard it right, $99. Picture the joy of discovering these stunning gems in your stocking. But there's more. Explore our brand new diamond pendants and dazzling stack rings at fantastic prices. Make this season unforgettable with Tillis Jewelry. Come see us on the Columbia Square, where the gift is wrapped with elegance. Tillis Jewelry, making your Christmas sparkle brighter. Happy Holidays. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. 
come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shurex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. 
Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. It is time to talk to our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson. Miles, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? Doing great. We just had a good holiday week, uh, but uh, I know you got some brand new sales coming out right now, so let's hear all about them. Oh, yeah. This week we have chicken drumstick family packs, 99 cents a pound, seedless white grapes, $1.69 a pound, that smart sugar, four-pound bag, two for five, and six-pack Coca-Cola products, three for 12. Oh, fantastic. Now, these sales started on the 29th, and they'll run through December 5th. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And again, you're open seven days a week right there at Foodland, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. So if you guys are looking for some good food, some good deals, go check out the good folks at Foodland. Miles, thank you as always. And now you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next week. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. The wildness. By the way, I was just thinking about as we welcome you back. Wednesdays with Watson will be moved to Friday this week, as Watson's got uh, something going on tomorrow. And um, I, I just can't imagine what it's like for a guy like that to think about, because he played at Vanderbilt, coached there, you know. And I just can't imagine what it's like for a guy like that or a Vanderbilt fan today to think about, like, what what are we doing here? Or South Carolina or some of the other feeder system schools. Do you guys see where the Catalan kid, the uh, safeties in the portal from uh, Arkansas? Yeah, he went to Texas and didn't really play. He, he might He must not be healthy because that guy is a really good player. You know, the list of who is at the portal probably is shorter. It's going to be. It is going to be. Back to the phones we go. 865-200-5402 if you want to join. TLD Logistics phone line. Hello and welcome in. Hey, what's going on, Tony? Who's your Ryan? Hey, who's your Val Ryan? Welcome in, brother. How you guys doing today? Doing great, man. We'll hold you over to our TLD Logistics Overdrive over time, but go ahead, man. Get started here. Yeah, I don't usually uh, bring up the Hoosiers, the uh, basketball, too much on the on the calls, but we do have some ball flavor for IU in the next couple games. Okay. Olivia Cumwatt, Michigan. We got him tonight, and then we got Bruce Pearl down at Auburn on the plains uh, now, Saturday. So, what kind of a season? Kind of what kind of a season is Cumwatt having? Because from afar. I have it's, no idea. Yeah, I haven't watched it, him. He, have you guys? Well, he's been pretty good at times, and he's been pretty disappearing at others, is my understanding. And they were mired in a losing movie? streak. I don't know how they did their last time up. They had a three-game losing streak at one point, but they played a pretty good schedule. So Martelli is uh, yeah. head coaching them right now as Juwan Howard deals with some heart issues. Really? Oh. Yeah. Sorry to yes, hear that. Yes. Well, uh, 
Yeah, I hope he gets to feeling better, and uh, we'll see how that goes up tonight at Ann Arbor. Um, yes, sir. Um, John Adams has brought this up on the show. Now, if one enters the transfer portal, you are you can't play for another team in season, correct? Or is that not true? Could you finagle it to where one could enter the portal and then play for another team before the season was out? No. If you were immediately eligible. No that's, that? why, no, that's why we have a portal window okay. which occurs the Monday after those championship games and for 30 days. Uh, you could make your say, hey, I'm going to go into the portal, but you are not in the portal until officially, until uh, the championship games are played. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is, what, let's say the minute, because I was listening to Evolve fifth quarter fan reaction, one of you all, it might have been one of your contributors or a caller, instantly said, oh, Jordan Travis is done. Like it was a no-doubter that that was the end of this season. Could a Florida State booster get in, let's just get crazy, Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels' ear and say, Jaden, Caleb, you're going to go into that portal and you're going to go on Twitter tonight, whenever we get this deal done, and say, I am transferring to Florida State University. No, they can't. We'll give you a, no, they, they can't, can't play that. in that bowl game. No, they can't do that. But to the radio listener, I love you. I appreciate you. We thank you. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.